you know, karma will get him if it's true in the long run. It will. You know, that's how I look at it. I guess. At that point. Anyways, we really, really, really need to get the hell yeah, out of this Yeah, let's, let's get rolling. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of 4.30 in the morning. This is your boy, Ben. And Pat is back as well. How you doing, Pat? I'm here. That's pretty much what I say every single episode. Definitely. And when I walk into work, they're like, hey, Pat, how's it going? I'm like, well, I'm here. I made it. I showed up on time. I can't believe I've made it this far. Rolling, going on like 20 hours, so. Yeah, we got to get this one in. Got up early as shit today. Episode number 62. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 62. What is with you and Taylor Swift? I don't know. <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm not going to lie. It's good music. You can sing along to it. You can I, drive. You can drive down the highway. I, I, fell, I fell off. In your she, pickup truck. When she went to pop music well, I just yeah. I, I fell off see the red album is like the last good album I feel, I, like I feel like we've had this discussion I before. can't even tell you one album like I, I don't even know what any of her well, albums got are called back to December you've got I don't know anyways on to the news what do you got I've got a bunch of random odds and ends and my first one this one comes from Fox News okay and I meant to run this one last week it would have been a little bit more appropriate with the whole Christmas season going on but anyways I think it's funny I think it's worth running and again I said this one was from Fox News MSNBC columnist calls for the end of NORAD Santa Tracker out of concern for Santa's safety I saw <laughs> from US military and I think I already sent this one to you just you did accidentally but I this was on one of my podcasts I listened to as well Think about this for a second. The columnist wondered if a military that wrongly kills would ever come clean if it assassinated Santa. Jesus. An MSNBC columnist is calling for the end of the NORAD Santa tracker, claiming it is time to decouple Santa Claus from the American military culture. In an op-ed published by an MSNBC.com, opinion columnist Hayes Brown took issue with the North American Aerospace Defense Command's 60-year tradition of tracking Santa Claus's journey across the globe, delivering presents, and explained why, if I had my way, this year would be the last. Yeah, I've, after you sent me that, I've kind of lost faith in yeah. humanity at this point. <laughs> Now, I edited that, that article just a little bit just because I don't want to spoil a few things. Yeah. But this article is ridiculous. I'm not going to read the whole entire thing, but he's complaining about how America idolizes the military too much. Yeah. And then he starts to complain about how we've got the flybys, the military flybys, at like a football game or whatever. Remember when uh, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck... Oh my god! They were they <laughs> they didn't, they didn't think thing. the mic was on, and they were like, "This is what our tax tax dollars are going towards." Which that's also the dumbest argument of all time. It's so stupid. Number one, they have to get the fly time in. Think about it this way: Would you rather have pilots that don't have their drills in, exactly, hopping in a plane <laughs> like, "Oh shit"? And I just I think it's cool to to see that. And oh yeah, to to see what you know. And I'm an aviation, I'm military aviation nerd, so yeah, I definitely. love seeing that shit. That's awesome. Yeah, did I ever tell you about when Tim saw a B two bomber? Mm-mm. There was a show here, an aircraft show, a few years ago at our at our local airport, mm-hmm. and they were flying in different planes, and they didn't tell anybody that the B two was going to come in, but they brought no a B two in. I'm jealous. And my father and my brother were both outside, and they heard something, and then they didn't hear anything. Then they look up. It is just, it just it, and they live really close to the airport, so it was just like yeah. hanging there. Oh, it's so badass. I was so jealous. Uh, that's awesome. But I did see uh, one of, I think, the Thunderbirds, mm-hmm. the Army or the Air Force's version of the Blue Angels, basically. Mm-hmm. We watched them practice for a while. 
That's and awesome. my uncle's condo. My uncle's condo was close to the airport too, and they were like doing the turns like right in front of the building. Uh, Information that was pretty sweet. So incredible. Yeah. Anyways, that's my first news article. NORAD. Nice. Can't track Santa Claus anymore, according to MSNBC.com. What are we? What is this world coming to, man? It makes me sad. It really makes. It me really sad. does. We don't. We don't have any nice things anymore. I just. I don't. I don't know. I can't get into it. Anyways, what else you got? So I'm probably gonna butcher a lot of this, but this is from Live Science. I actually had this. For a couple, I think like two episodes ago, but I completely forgot about it. Okay. 55 foot long Triassic sea monster discovered in Nevada. Interesting. A sea monster that lived during the early dinosaur age is so unexpectedly colossal. It reveals that its kind grew to gigantic sizes extremely quickly, evolutionary speaking at least. The discovery suggests that a group of fish-shaped marine reptiles that inhabited the dinosaur-era seas grew to enormous sizes in a span of only 2.5 million years, the study finds. To put in that to context, it took whales about 90% of their 55 million year history to reach the huge sizes that the, it's called the Ichthyrosaurus, I think that's how you say that, I-C-H-T-H-Y-O-S-A-U-R-S. <laughs> That's better than what I would do. Evolved to in the first 1% of their 150 million year history. We have discovered that it evolved gigantism much faster than whales in a time where the world was recovering from devastating extinction at the end of the Permian period. Study senior researcher Lars Schmitz, an associate professor of biology at Scripps College in Claremont, California, told Live Science in an email. It is a nice glimmer of hope and a sign of resilience of life. And environmental conditions are right, evolution can happen very fast and life can bounce back. Researchers first noticed the ancient fossils in 1998 embedded in the rocks of the Augusta Mountains of northwestern Nevada. Only a few vertebrae were sticking out of the rock, but it is clear that the animal was large, Smith said. But it wasn't until 2015, with the help of a helicopter, that they were able to fully excavate the individual, whose surviving fossil included a skull, soldier, and a flipper-like appendage, and airlifted to Natural History Museum of Los Angeles County, where it was prepared and analyzed. Sorry, I butchered that, but it's a long article on life science. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty cool. You know, as the great Qui-Gon Jinn said, there's always a bigger fish. There is always a bigger fish. Yes, that's a pretty interesting news article. Um, I was trying to follow along. I, as best I, as I, I tried my best. I I apologize. Did not get a lot of sleep last night. <laughs> it's all good. You can you can completely cut all that if you want. No, we'll check that one out on uh, lifesciences.com. Definitely. In case you guys are interested. <laughs> uh, that was a pretty interesting one. It was. I don't. I, I want to see their their. I want to see like a really good breakdown of the process that they use to date yeah. all this stuff. Sure. Because obviously they've got some pretty good dates and they're treated as pretty concrete. Yeah, I just want to watch them like from start to finish evaluate some of these dates I just, and figure I, out. I want to be present during whatever process they they go through to to do this shit. Exactly. What else you got? Have you done your taxes yet? No, I haven't even got my W two. Yeah, yet. well, the New Year just rolled over, so yeah. Anyways, this one's gonna be about taxes, and it's a pretty fun one. This one comes from Fox10.com out of Phoenix. Okay, stolen property, income from illegal activities must be reported on taxes. IRS says. Repeat that. I'm sorry. Stolen property, income from illegal activities must be reported on taxes. IRS <laughs> says. <laughs> 
<laughs> Income made through criminal activity must be reported on your taxes, according to the Internal Revenue Service. <sighs> the IRS said individuals who earn a profit from illegal activities such as drug dealing or bribes must include it on their 2021 filings. It is to be included on the Schedule 1, Form 1040, Line 8Z, or on Schedule C, Form 1040, if from a self-employment activity. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about wasting tax dollars. The IRS is up there. The office didn't offer details on how it would enforce this policy, but at least one law enforcement agency is willing to help the feds with the cause. The Erie County Sheriff's Office posted a cheeky PSA to Facebook offering to assist all car thieves report property they stole on their taxes. Now, that's a typo. That isn't worded properly. I'm sorry. If you need an itemized list of property, call us at... I'm not going to read out their fucking phone number. Sure. And a deputy or a detective will be happy to meet you with the list, the deputy said. It would be our pleasure. So... I don't even know where to begin. This is the most ridiculous thing. Somebody in the IRS decided we need to generate more revenue this year on taxes. (laughs) And they came up with this. Because this is stolen property and illegal activities. Now, even law-abiding citizens dodge taxes. Yes. The most law-abiding citizens are going to dodge taxes. Yes. Why would criminals that probably aren't filing <laughs> income taxes to begin with? Yeah, I don't I don't even know where to begin with this one. Oh, shit. You know, I stole this guy's iPhone. Uh, I, I got to remember <laughs> to put that on my on my taxes that's unreal that's I, unreal i strong armed this guy last week this is this is almost as ridiculous as them trying to tax unrealized gain <laughs> yeah i don't know and i was trying to think about like who the fuck would come up with this and then again too i was thinking like the irs probably doesn't employ the best or the brightest accountants out there definitely not don't they want to hire another 74,000 irs employees yeah because of all these ridiculous policies that this they're is just unreal. making up and it's just going to cripple the middle class 100% this is how the middle class dies, is with all this bureaucratic nonsense. So you got a second news story? Yeah, it's real quick. All right. So this is from our favorite odd news. Perfect. Unusual phenomena causes fish to rain from sky in Texas town. This is from December 30th. Interesting. We've talked about this type of thing before, haven't we? I think we have. Officials in Texas town said residents weren't just imagining it when it seemed to be raining fish during a storm. The city of... Texarkana said in a Facebook post that it was indeed raining fish during Wednesday's rainstorms. Multiple residents took to social media to share photos of the fish that fell from the sky. Animal rain is a phenomenon that occurs when small water animals like frogs, crabs, and small fish are swept up into water spouts or drafts that occur on the surface of the earth. They are then rained down at the same time as the rain, the city's Facebook post said. Now, what's funny about this article is how it abruptly ends, because that's the end of the article. That's the end of the article? <laughs> that's literally everything. Now, the problem is is that we? I think we've talked about this before. And I think we have. I think that that explanation is speculative. I think it is, Because I don't really actually know why this shit happens. Yeah, how... It's more of a postulated idea than... I I can see how a water sprout could... A water spout could bring shit up from the ocean into the sky, but... It's gotta stay up there for a while. It's gotta stay up there for a while, and I feel like it wouldn't travel far. 
It depends. Now, as far as I've always understood, and I don't know meteorology, just I couldn't. I don't know the first thing about meteorology. Right. But it feels like storms, like it all kind of manifests like up there. Like you see hail fall down. Yeah. Like it kind of manifests like as it's happening. Like how right. the hell? Now, Texarkana sits on the Texas and Arkansas border. Right. Because they couldn't decide if it was in Texas or in Arkansas. So they uh-huh. called it Texarkana. Right. I don't know if that's the history or not. But... <laughs> I don't but know. How the hell is it getting all that shit going to get there? Yeah, all, how all did, these... how do, like you would assume that it would need to be in the general vicinity of water. See, there of, there's got to be a river. I don't I think there's got to be river. something is there. Is that the Mississippi? Is Texas a, no, because Mississippi is a Mississippi River and Mississippi's well east of Texas. There's no Texas Mississippi border. You know what I'm going to do when we redo my basement? We need a fucking We're going to we're going to have multiple maps in the studio. We need a world map. We need a we need the one map you were talking about. I forget which episode. The, the, the oh shit! What the hell was that called? Piri Rees. Yes, the Piri Rees map. Yep. There's, there's another map, the Vinland map that I've thought yeah. about. Talking we need, about we need to get like three, four maps up in this bitch. Yes, Middle Earth. Yes, Middle Earth, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going off track. Yeah, but. we got to get going. Yeah, con- continue your uh, whatever you got next. So week. I've got two quick breakdowns of news stories that we've covered or stories that we've covered in the past. First sure. of all, this one's from Sky News, and this just happened yesterday, I think. Sweet, Elizabeth Holmes. Former chief executive of blood testing startup Theranos found guilty of fraud. So if you guys remember back to episode number 55 of our show, we talked about the mysterious people. And I talked about the crazy woman, Elizabeth Holmes, who started that fake blood testing startup. Remember that? Yeah. And I mentioned that she was currently on trial back then. Well, the three-month trial is over. And she has been found guilty on four counts of mostly fraud-related charges. Mm. Now, this was a three-month trial. It took seven days of deliberation for the jury. Damn. They found her guilty on four out of 11 counts, mostly with defrauding investors. There were four counts that she was found not guilty on, which were mostly the medical crimes. They couldn't find enough evidence to say that she was deliberately harming people medically. And there were three other charges that the jury could not reach a verdict on. Now, according to the charges that she did get found guilty of, they all carry 20-year sentences as a maximum. What she's going to get, she hasn't been sentenced yet, so we really don't know what she's going to get. Most people are saying that she's not going to get nearly the 20 years that she could get. Sure. But right now, her net worth is at zero. She's worth nothing because everything was invested in this whole thing. Right. So she's going to be going to jail for something. There's no way she's not going to be going to jail for Which state? I didn't get that. Different different states. This do. was a, this was a federal this was a federal case. Oh okay. So Damn. right okay. Wow. Yeah. I mean, she's definitely gonna get some time. That's for sure. Yeah. Now the one quick thing that came out in this trial is that she's trying to portray her boyfriend at the time, Sonny Bawali, who I mentioned in that discussion briefly, who was the older guy that was kind of working with her. Mm-hmm. She tried to make it sound like he was the manipulative mastermind that was using her as a, as a puppet or whatever. Now, when they started the trial, they were co-defendants. They were co-defendants in this, and his trial ended up getting separated from hers mm. just because of how off the rails she went with her whole story on the whole right. thing, basically. So Elizabeth Holmes is going to be going to prison, which I think is good. Yeah, definitely. Because this was one of the most ridiculous things that we've talked about <laughs> on the show as far as I'm concerned. I agree. And Tim says that that's a really good episode. He says that's one of his favorites. So. Mysterious People? Yeah. That was a really good episode. And then my second really quick thing that we got to talk about is the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. Our favorite football team here on 430 in the morning. Definitely. They have finally settled on a name, supposedly. Oh, shit. What is it? Well, we don't know that yet. Oh. But they're going to announce it on February 2nd, 2022. Okay. So I'm hoping, it, I was kind of thinking it would be the Groundhogs if they're going to announce it on Groundhog Day. Right. Now, they've given us nine finalists. Okay. Now, they said that they were probably going to go with the Red Wolves originally. 
originally, mm-hmm. they can't do that due to copyright restrictions. Right, that one dude that bought a bunch of the names. <laughs> yeah, there's a legal issue they don't want to get into. So they've got nine options. Now, these aren't even the official nine options. This, I got this list from the AP, okay. so this is probably not official. Right. But <laughs> the nine options are the Admirals, which I think is what, what it's going to be, the Armada, the Brigade, the Commanders, the Defenders... <laughs> The Presidents, <laughs> the Red Hawks, the Red Hogs, and the Sentinels. So those are the options. I think it's going to be the Admirals. That, that sounds the best, honestly. Because there's a website out there that redirects. If you go to WashingtonAdmirals.com, it redirects to the Washington football team's website. <laughs> so. That's funny. Anyways, that's all I got Nice for that wrap-up. That was a ridiculous news segment, but we are finally ready. We are finally ready. <laughs> for the main topic. Pat, what is our main topic? This is a big one, and this is a topic that we've discussed previously in bits and pieces Sure. Across the show. This could be a 10-part episode, This could be a ridiculous series. Now, this is kind of like, if there is like one topic that sums up everything that we've talked about on the show, it's probably this topic. Probably. We are going to be talking about the mysterious place in Utah known as Skinwalker Ranch. Skinwalker Ranch. What do you have about Skinwalker Ranch? Why are we even talking about this place? Well, as our listeners probably know, we're into aliens. Yes, we are. And a lot of... Probably say there's some alien shit going on here, but just a quick little brief description of what Skinwalker Ranch is. Sure. So this is a 512 acre property. Yes. Although some sources are going to say 480. Yes. I had 512. I have 512 as well. Uh, 512 acre property. Now this property is home to some of the most incredible sightings of paranormal activity ever. Like th- this place, this place is absolutely ridiculous. And when I mean paranormal, I mean the whole shebang. I mean we're talking UFOs. We're talking. We're talking cryptids, orbs, strange lights with no source, cattle mutilation poltergeist activity i mean we're talking the whole shebang here when it comes to paranormal activity yeah it's kind of like your house but in utah yes definitely (laughs) definitely now this property is kind of sort of it's in Utah. It is in the Utah Basin, Uintah Basin, which Uintah. is yeah, that's how you say the it. north in the northwestern corner of the state. Kind of, mm-hmm. its closest city is called Ballard, Utah, and it is in Uintah County. Now, the Uintah Basin and Uintah County are spelled differently, which is kind of weird. Yeah, I got kind of confused by that. I'm I just used Uintah for all of it. Yeah. <laughs> now this is it borders up against Ute tribal land mm-hmm. so they've got a reservation up there and it, the the ranch itself like sits right on the border of yeah Ute nation land which is kind of interesting now there are lots of native american legends associated with the area yep and do you have any of that down yeah so you can go back pretty far with this i mean sightings you can go back of, very far yeah but you know just for more kind of recent history, uh, you know, sightings of strange things have been happening in the Uintah Basin area. Now, obviously, this episode is going to be revolved around um, Skinwalker Ranch, but sightings of UFOs, for instance, has been sighted in the Uintah Basin area and just that whole general area for a long time now, decades. Like a lot of different sightings of various shit. Yes, and a lot of them kind of predate the more heavily publicized stuff that we've talked about previously, like the stuff that happened yeah, in 1947. Like in 1776. When European explorers were just getting into that area, uh, there was one um, explorer 
which I didn't write his name down because it's a really long name. It's a Spanish name. But they claimed to see balls of fire over wherever the hell they were camping at in this area. Sure. So strange sightings have been around in this area for a while. Definitely. Now, the name Skinwalker, Skinwalker goes back between rifts between the Navajo and the Ute tribes. Which, that's something that I learned in this research. I didn't realize that the Navajo were in Utah for a while. I didn't realize. I thought they were always from Arizona. Right. Shows how much I know. Well, they're they're pretty, they were kind of far apart. Yeah, because the Navajo were more nomadic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the so yeah the Navajo and you had the Ute tribe, mm-hmm. and something happened. It was it was propagated by either the Civil War or even something a conflict before then. Yeah, so a lot of people don't know that during the American Civil War there was there were Indian wars going on out west. Yeah, the, the Union was fighting various tribes out west along with you know fighting the South at the same time. Yeah, and something happened. There was some discrepancy between. The Navajo, other tribes, and the Utes, and they basically thought that the Utes were like traitors. Yeah. Because they kind of sided with the Union, I think. The Utes, yeah, the Utes and the Union were working together for a while. And the Navajo basically put a curse on the Ute tribe known as the Curse of the Skinwalker. Yeah, and the Navajo got driven out of the area down farther south to where they pretty much presently live mm-hmm. in Arizona, or I can't, I don't, even, I don't know the history that well. Right. And where they supposedly put the curse is right where Skinwalker Ranch is. It was basically on the Utah Basin, basically. Yep. And um, so... Now, real quick, before we get into it, the term Skinwalker itself refers to a Navajo folklore. And this is one I thought about doing on our folklore episode way back in episode 14. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of sort of similar to the Wendigo to an extent. It's like basically a spirit that can take the shape of an animal. Yeah. But it's also got like human forms going on as well. And what's crazy is there have been people that have seen, apparently seen these skinwalker creatures. Yes. And most accounts are pretty similar into w- what these people are seeing. And they're scary as fuck. Yeah. And I'm, I got to get into it real quick. I read one on Reddit. and It's a guy that's been on Reddit for a while, but he had a whole bunch of other posts just about all sorts of stuff, but nothing paranormal related at all. And he posted, he was like, hey, what's up, guys? I'm in the Skinwalker. He was in the Skinwalker subreddit, which is a small community. There's only a few thousand people in this one that are interested in the Skinwalker itself. And he was like, I'm fucking shaking right now because I saw this thing at my house. He lived kind of, it's not like way out in the middle of nowhere, but kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Sure. It was like a tall, gaunt human that was like pitch white, but it was like a creature. It wasn't like an actual human. Right. And he said, so he said, I saw this thing and it saw me. And it was just one of those situations where it was like, I'm not supposed to see you. And then the creature was like, you're not supposed to see me type of a thing. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of sauntered away silently, like with these like ridiculously long steps. Unreal. And the guy said that he found the Skinwalker website because he'd never heard of the Skinwalker before. He found, he just Googled what he saw. He was like, what the hell did I saw? He's like gaunt, white, ghoulish ghost creature, basically. And that, that's what popped up. And then he saw some pictures of what the Skinwalker supposedly looks like. And he was like, this is as close to what I can describe that I just saw. And when I read that story, I just got fired up. I was like, oh my God, this shit might be actually be real. Unreal. Yeah. Just But uh, there's there's a lot, of, like you said, there's a lot of similarity between all these stories that come right. up. Right. Apparently they have like... Big yellow eyes. One of the the documentary you told me to watch on Hulu. Which one? The Hunt for the Skinwalker or the, the Skinwa- the, Secrets the, of Skinwalker Secrets Ranch? of Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, I didn't watch all of it, but I remember one of the guys in that documentary was describing that he actually saw one. No, all those guys are kind of crazy. They're, they're all kind of crazy. But but from what I've read and from what that guy said in that documentary, most of them all match up. Yes, and that is the one thing I've noticed is there's a common there's commonality between all of these. Right. I think it's real. I 100% think it's real. Yeah, and when you and uh, a really good um, podcast, the last podcast on the left, 
they have three really good Skinwalker episodes that go into detail about um, kind of cu- the couple, yeah, cu- uh, the people that lived there, and then a lot of the the the, the studies that were done there by uh, you know like Robert Bigelow, yep. and all that. So if you guys want to check that out, that's really awesome. I think we should before we get into it too far, we got to cite all our sources because this yeah, is a very definitely. big topic. Yes, and there's a ton of sources that I was using trying to get into this one because I've been watching stuff like nonstop since Sunday. Mm-hmm. Every free a minute that I've had I've been trying to watch something so yes the last podcast on the left I listened to a little bit of that I haven't listened to the whole series I listened to all three today I didn't listen to all three today but I listened to a little bit of the second part or something and they're funny mm-hmm. but they do very good breakdowns uh, they get a little carried away in different spots they, they do the other thing that I was watching, the I think this was probably the best source, is there's a YouTube channel called Bedtime Stories. I don't know if you've heard this one before. I have heard. They He does a three-part breakdown. It's a little bit shorter, but really good material. And he does kind of a breakdown of this, like, different eras of Skinwalker Ranch. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other sources did you have? So, real quick, what I liked about the last podcast on the left, so they basically, they based their research off two books, Hunt of the Skinwalker by... Um, uh, George, George Knapp. Knapp and uh, I forget the first name of the other guy. But his last name is Kellner, I think. Colm, C-O-L-M. Colm. Colm Kelleher. Kelleher, okay. But the second book, so they, um, both of those books uh, have a lot to do with the Gormans that lived in the, um, now the Gormans are a pseudonym. For I, the Shermans. I, the, the Shermans, yes. Terry and Gwen Sherman. And what this other book that they go off of, it's called uh, the U- the Utah UFO Display by Frank B. Salisbury. Yep. Salisbury actually goes to the guy, that the, the Shermans, to try and validate what the Hunt of the Skinwalker book talks about, the sure. stories. Yep. So I kind of like that two-sided thing that they do in the podcast because um, the uh, Sherman, the, the the father that lived there, the rancher. Yep. He would he you know he was like yeah uh, in in the hunt the Skinwalker book this actually really happened but this is the real story because they kind of you know they kind of spice it up to make the the book interesting. Yeah. But that's what I really liked about the last podcast on the left take on the Skinwalker Ranch is they they can they kind of give those um, two opinions on both books. Yeah, and we're gonna be kind of doing our own little thing with this discussion. But like we said, this is one topic where you want to use, if you're really interested in this topic, you got to go to some different sources because we don't want to just rehash what right. everybody else talked about. Definitely. But there's a ton of talk about it and it fits in with the rest of the content that we've done on all these episodes. Mm-hmm. So uh, one other documentary that I watched that I think is pretty good. You can find this one on Hulu as well, which is Hunt for the Skinwalker, which is based on the book that you mentioned, the George Knapp and Colm Kelleher book. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem with this one is that it is directed by none other than our favorite guy <laughs> on this podcast, Jeremy Corbell. <laughs> and it, it would be so much better if it wasn't mostly Jeremy Corbell nonsense. Because it's a pretty good documentary, and it's got George Knapp on. It's got a lot of these people on it. Right. But yet again, it's a, it's a, it's the Bob Lazard documentary about Skinwalker Ranch. And it's just, you know, the Jeremy, you know, the Jeremy, the Jeremy Corbell, Corbell shit, the yeah. style. <laughs> I think one of our listeners posted one of his, one of his videos on our Facebook wall this I week. I, I think I saw that. Yeah. I can I, I still can't figure out the Facebook thing, but yeah, I like that he at least does stuff, but right. again, it's a Jeremy Corbell document. He's just a, he's just a silly dude. I don't, um, I don't even know how to describe him. He just wants to unleash our mind and weaponize our curiosity. I, I guess. Anyways, sorry. Oh, I've got one more source. Sure, go ahead. Uh, SkinwalkerRanch.org. Okay. <laughs> There's a website out there, and I printed off a story from it that had just an interview with Terry Sherman, 
and I'm not, I'm not gonna read I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but I just it has a lot of the the breakdowns of some of the occurrences that went went mm-hmm. down there, and shit's been going on there for a while. Yeah. Now the history breaks down is there was a family called the Meyer family M E Y E R. Yep. They owned the place from like the 1930s until 1933 to 90s, 94 something like 95? I think by 94. Then his brother, I think he's his brother took over when he when he died. Well, Kenneth died. It was just a couple for a while, and then the one guy, the the the, the man died, and then the wife died a few years later, mm-hmm. and then it sat vacant for like seven years. Okay. So I think they died. I think the wife would have died in the eighties. I don't know if a brother would have owned the place, but not actually lived there. Yeah. But it sat vacant for a while. Now what's interesting about the Myers is they they claim that nothing ever happened when they were there. And during the sixties and the seventies, there were so many sightings of UFOs and uh, uh, cattle mutilations on other properties all around Skinwalker Ranch. But Kenneth Meyer always claimed that nothing happened. That he never saw anything, which I believe he was lying. He a hundred percent was because that's <laughs> that's the official story. Yeah, people that had that knew them back then have come out and said all yeah. that's bullshit. They were seeing stuff. They just didn't talk about it. Yeah, and I think that they definitely experienced poltergeist activity in the house, and I just think they lived with it and didn't care. Yeah, because and when the Shermans were there, they found a lot of weird shit in like the main house. Yes, on the ranch, like there were big deadbolts on the cabinets and everything like that the cabinet doors the drawers and everything like that because the shermans they were experiencing such horrible poltergeist activity where the the cabinets would just keep opening the yep. drawers would keep opening so it's like okay the myers put locks on their shit so they wouldn't fucking keep opening all the time Exactly. And the other thing, too, with the Myers is they were responsible for building at least two of the homesteads mm-hmm. because the property, bear in mind, 512 acres, that's a huge-ass yeah. piece of property. Yeah. And on the north end, there's this big-ass mesa, which is like a like a ridge, like a mountain ridge type thing. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of terrain out here, and it's not exactly easy terrain just to navigate. It's pretty rough terrain. Like, it's a ranch. It's not really farmable land. It's all for cattle and whatnot. Yep. But they had one homestead built on one part of the property. They figured shit was going on that was too crazy. So they built a separate homestead on a separate part of the property (laughs) at one point during the 70 years, 80 years, 60 years, whatever the fuck, that they owned the place. Right. So you got that going on. Number two, there's a story from 1975 where they had a a ranch hand, kind of a drifter kid that came in. Mm -hmm. And uh, Meyer sent him out on a job, just like a repair some fence posts one day. And he's like, "Uh, you go get started on this. I'll be out later on once I can get out there, basically. So they sent the kid out there. He goes out to check on him. He sees the kid's tools. He sees that some of the fence posts have been repaired, but the job's not done. Right. Kid's nowhere to be found. Yeah, he disappeared. They figured that he was gone. They found him three days later on the side of the road just shivering and just completely freaked out. Right, yeah. And he claims he doesn't know what the hell happened. Unreal. So, so like, there's so but many... But that happened, like, you can't debate that that happened on the ranch. There are so many just weird and crazy stories about what is going on in this ranch. And there are there are some incredible stories about what the Shermans dealt with on this ranch. And, like... I, you don't know if any of them are true, but it's hard to it's hard to not believe them when you're when you're hearing about this shit yeah and to add to that there's a lot of independent witnesses that have seen different things Mm -hmm. yes and then when you compare what the shermans had happened to what bigelow had happened when Mm -hmm. his team was there now bigelow's team he purchased a ranch from the shermans in 96 something like that yeah now the shermans wanted to get the hell out of there yeah was the official story they were being terrorized and they were losing so much money because they're they couldn't kept yeah. kept on losing they kept, cattle. they kept losing money because 
cattle mutilation was the big thing that was fucking them up because yes. Sherman was a cattle man. He was a fucking yeah. <laughs> he was in the he was in the breeding cattle. Right. And they weren't having much success out there because all the cattle kept on getting mutilated. Yep. And it'd be the weirdest things that would happen to these cows. Like they'd find Weird them like shit. all in a shed. Like the one time they were piled up and they weren't even dead. Other times they were completely mutilated. Th- those were the bulls. Those were the bulls, yeah. Him him and his wife were driving around their property and checking their animals and shit. And they, they they saw their bulls out there. And then 45 minutes later they came back and all the bulls were gone. And they were freaking out because bulls are a lot of money. Oh, yeah. A lot of money. And when he went to look for them, they were all just crammed into like this little trailer thing. Yep. And it's like, how can you do that? That's like impossible to do. Cram, one, getting these bulls to cooperate, to put them in this tight little area. Yeah. And what was crazy is the metal thing. Corral. Yes. The corral. (laughs) Yeah. But the metal became magnetized all of a sudden. And then it lost its magnification. Sure. After they got the bulls out and, you know, just weird shit always happens. I don't even know where to begin with all the crazy stories that are documented about what goes on on this ranch. Oh, it's off the wall. And then, so real quick for the timeline. So the Sherman family sold it in 96 to Robert Bigelow and his team. Now his team was called NIDS, which stands for National Institute for Discovery Science, mm-hmm. which sounds pretty official. Sure. It's not nearly as official as it sounds. Yeah. But he had like high level like university professors and all, it was all skeptical scientists that he brought in on this team. Right. Now Robert Bigelow is a billionaire or was a billionaire. I don't know. I think he spent most of his money on this type of shit. Probably. But he's a wealthy investor that invested invests in researching this weird stuff basically mm-hmm. is how he decides to spend his fortune which is fine a lot of people do this now this guy has even been he's been on joe rogan he's done this type of stuff he's getting kind of old these days mm-hmm. but he's been around for a while he's a relatively well-known person if you're interested in ufos or whatever so his team comes on in 1996 now the shermans it made it seem like they wanted to get the hell out of there Mm-hmm. Except Terry Sherman stuck around as the ranch manager. Part part of it was because the the new property that they went to it it wasn't big enough for all their cattle, so they actually kept some cattle on the ranch. <laughs> yeah. And Bigelow actually bought some to use as bait, so yeah. they can figure out how the fuck this mutilation shit's happening. <laughs> so <laughs> they sold the property, but Terry stayed around and Gwen hung around like she'd come back and yeah. regularly be there. So they were still. St- Remaining in the mix well after the fact, well after they sold the ranch. Right. So it's not like they packed up and left and started a new life. Right. They hung around for a little bit. For some reason, I just kind of find that funny. Right. So they were there. Now, the NIDS investigation, I think, ended in 2004 officially. Yeah. But Bigelow owned the property until 2015. Now, I don't know if he was doing anything out there. But with the NIDS investigation, they would kind of like have like one year where they'd see a whole bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. Then they have five years where they nothing would happen. And then another year they'd see something. It was kind of like very sporadic. Well, the way it kind of seems is that the Shermans, they were experiencing all this shit for so long. And it's like they kind of understood the phenomena that was going on. Because he would try and capture shit, and he just couldn't. Yes. He couldn't. And he kind of felt like all this this big-ass crew coming in there with their cameras and everything like that. Because, how do, how do I even start this? Orbs were a big thing on this on this ranch Yeah. for the Shermans. Like, probably the most that they dealt with were these orb things. And these, and he, he, he actually got into like a hide and seek match with one of these orbs 
at some point and where he tries to capture it and it's like the orb was like playing with him it would yeah it would kind of hide then it would kind of kind of act like then he would hide to try and see where it went like it's funny to listen to yeah and it's almost like they knew that they were trying to capture them so they wouldn't come out and one of the big they would set up all these cameras and when shit would happen it would happen just right out of the the frame of their cameras yeah it's like they knew right so, yeah so what they ended up doing was they would point cameras at the cameras so they would so they can try and catch what happened this is actually one of the probably the biggest piece of evidence that they had sure during this whole like eight nine year span that they were there sure and on one night at 8 30 p.m like three of the cameras cut out and what they saw was the wires and everything were like perfectly cut and they were like okay awesome we can look at the other cameras to see who cut out these cameras because they all went blank at the same time and so they looked at the cameras and they see the red lights blinking and they all went out at the same time oh my god and they see nothing they get nothing and it's like that's like that's probably their biggest piece of evidence that something is going on there yeah and that is kind of a funny thing to talk about is occasionally they're gonna have like some physical evidence right but it's never like good physical it's, evidence it's, it's never can, concrete it's never stuff you can do anything with right so like for example when the sherman show up they were having these like they were finding these like circular imprints that made it look like a large cylinder was like stamping like yes a few feet wide circles on the ground but they couldn't really do anything with it right and then a lot of these stories like machinery just like kind of like moving or like disappearing and then reappearing in a tree was the one story mm-hmm. yep and then to me what i thought i, I found kind of funny and i honestly if i were a middle-aged cattleman i'd behave very similar to how terry sherman would behave out there <laughs> But this guy is not afraid to draw his firearm and yeah, pop, no off few, this, this, <laughs> pop off a few this rounds. Dude, that dude is shoot anything. And then, like the first story was with that big ass, like the dire wolf that showed up. Yeah, that is a that is a really interesting story. And that's like every time I've ever gotten into this. I've been into this forever. It's like I listen to the wolf story and I'm like, this is gonna be really good. And then I fall asleep. Well, I have the wolf story. If we want to tell the listeners, the real wolf story has been it's been pretty. It's the first thing that everyone's gonna see. What's crazy is before the wolf story, nothing really happened on this ranch to them. Everything was pretty normal. They were they were, they lived on the ranch for like five months before anything really happened. I thought the wolf story was pretty quick. I thought it was like one of the like they were just like moving in and the wolf showed up. Apparently this was five months after they got to the ranch. Really? Apparently. Okay. So Terry and the kids, they were working the cattle and they saw this wolf-like creature in the distance. And so this is actually uh, the Frank Salisbury author. He actually confirmed that the story from the hunt for the skinwalker was not the true story of what happened in this wolf story. Oh, okay. So what actually happened was they saw the wolf from a distance and when the wolf came closer, they actually weren't threatened by it. They actually pet it. Yeah. Like they actually like started petting it and shit. Yeah, I saw that. And then the wolf just kind of darted off towards the cattle and started fucking with the cattle. Like, it bit the cattle. Yeah, the, like the I calf. heard that a calf stuck yeah. its head out of the, yeah. the corral or whatever, and the wolf attacked it. Yeah, so he tells his son to run and get the damn gun, and they shoot it, and nothing happens to the wolf. Well, they shot it with a three fifty seven Magnum. Yeah. Which is about as big of a caliber as most handheld firearms are going to fire. Yeah, and they shoot it twice, like in the chest, and nothing happens to this thing. Yep. And then they run and get a bigger gun. I think they get like a thirty out 6 a hunting rifle, so that would be, yeah. Yeah, and this is a pretty powerful rifle, and they shoot it, They, they shoot. he shoots it once with that, and it's like nothing happens. Well, the first two shots, they, they get it to get off the calf, yeah. but it doesn't really do anything. Then they shoot it with the bigger rifle, and it takes a chunk out of its like shoulder or something, and it starts to run off. Yep. They chase it, and then about 60 feet before like the creek or the river or whatever, it and they follow the tracks, 
this creature's tracks because apparently it was like stepping in like mud or some shit like that. And according to them, it was also three times the size of a normal wolf. Yes, this this wolf was huge. Huge. And just before the river, it completely disappears. The tracks disappear. The wolf disappears. They don't know where the hell it went. Yeah, which is ridiculous. It it's insane, and you you see a lot of that with these. They see multiple cryptids. Yep. So I mean, that's basically the whole story of, of the wolf. Yeah, and that's kind of the first story that everybody seems to kind yeah. of find when they start learning about this ranch but there's ufo stories there's the poltergeist stories there's a lot of situations where objects are moving around or cattle are moving around and it's like not physically possible for them to be moved by even if there are pranksters out there habitually doing this type of shit right a lot of it is not physically possible to happen in the time frames that this type of thing happens right like the house and <laughs> some of the ghost stories in the house are a little ridiculous like the last podcast left talked about <laughs> that the salt and the pepper and yeah, the pepper they, shakers they would swap. switch containers. <laughs> like, really? I'm sorry, that's not evidence. That's just yeah. Uh, Terry and Gwen drinking a little bit too uh, too much. Yeah. Utah. Well, I don't know what they drink. They probably don't drink anything. Probably not. It's probably a peyote or something. And they also talk about the story where the, the son, I think, like, his friend or whatever, uh, Terry gives his son a job to, like, move these big giant poles. Yeah. And they get the job done. They move it. They spend all morning. And these poles are huge. They're massive. They're heavy. 200 pounds or something. 200 pounds, yeah. But when he gets home, the poles aren't moved. And the son swears that they moved it. Well, you can tell that they were moved a little bit because you can tell that where they were before, there was an imprint. There were imprints in the ground. Yeah. So it's like they were moved back somehow, which that's pretty crazy. Yeah, and just when you get it, there's so many there, like weird little stories. And then there's a lot of weird little stories of people that live around the ranch yes. that are seeing UFOs or have something weird happen to them. There was a, a couple that was driving near the ranch, and they saw one of these skinwalker creatures running towards the ranch. And it was it was running so fast, it was keeping up with their car. Yeah. And it was running right alongside their car, but it was kind of veering away because it was going towards the ranch. So just random little eyewitness accounts like that you hear all the time. And there have been plenty of stories kind of like that. There have even been stories like the one story back with the, when the mayors were still there, like way back. They were on the homestead, and it was the middle of a snowstorm, and their homestead was like, way off the main road like you couldn't just like get to that homestead right. they heard a knock at the door and they thought it was the the men in black basically just checking in on them during the storm and they were like how the hell did you how the hell did you get all the way get out all here? the way out here in the snow basically and there was no vehicle or anything present right so there's just a bunch of these like weird there's just so many weird stories and the other thing too is there's, it's never like the same thing twice it's always like a different variation like even the cattle right. mutilations there's always something just a little it, bit different the, going on the, the cattle mu- mutilation intrigues me more than anything else it's it's unreal what goes on with these cattle mutilations, and there and there's there's hundreds of them, and not yeah. just the Skinwalker Ranch, all around the area, in different parts of the country as well. There, nothing can explain. No, nobody, nothing explains these cattle mutilations, and it's not just cattle; it's like horses too. Yeah, and especially in this area, there are people out there. It's not completely desolated, but there's like probably ten thousand people total in like hundreds of square miles around this fucking ranch. Right. There's a couple of small towns, like the like the Ballard town that we mentioned is only had it doesn't even have a thousand people. Right. The next biggest town in the area has less than ten thousand. 
Right. So these are not big ass towns. These are right. little settlements, basically. And then when you look at the Ute legends, there are some stories that say that the Utes will never go on Skinwalker Ranch itself. However, if you watch some of these documentaries, they're they're going there, or sure. some people are, some representatives are hanging out. Sure. On the ranch, um, it gets a little bit weird when you get into the folklore as to why exactly they won't go there. But it all tell it all ties back to that Navajo curse that we mentioned earlier. Yep. With the Skinwalker and the Skinwalker, I've always known as a Navajo uh, legend or a folklore, if you will. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize that they were up there because I always wondered why the hell is it called Skinwalker Ranch? Sure. The Navajo are from Arizona. Well, that answers that question. Right. And then there's a lot of weird ass shit that goes on there. And then in 2016, Bijou finally sold the place to a new guy named I forgot to write him down. Brandon Fugel. Yeah. Who uh he's a Utah based, really rich guy, Utah based investor who bought the place. And he is featured on the History Channel documentary Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch. Mm-hmm. Which is an ongoing investigative series, I guess, if you want to call it that, where they're doing like updated investigations as to the occurrences on Skinwalker Ranch. <laughs> I don't know about that show. Yeah, now, if you search, kind of silly. If you search Skinwalker Ranch on YouTube, you're gonna be seeing Skinwalker Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch shit right. from the History Channel everywhere. Right. I kind of sort of think that it's this information, the way that the History Channel is being used for this type of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you feel about that. I I didn't watch all of it. Um, I only could watch, I've only, I think watched three or four total episodes. I haven't watched the whole thing. I fell asleep during like the first one. I, yeah. I got almost to the end. Uh, I they, w- they just all seem silly to me. They're, this group, this group that they put together, there are a couple of semi-normal guys. Now they're always going to be the guys that get the least amount of screen time. They bring in the scientist. His first name's Eric. I can't remember what the hell his name is, but they bring him in. He's like the, the fish out of water, the scientist, investigator scientist. <laughs> and he's a blonde guy. He's kind of like, he's got like a kind of a Southern accent going on. Yeah. But this guy is also on a different documentary that I watch. <laughs> that's a little bit better. It's the, the Tesla files. Mm-hmm. He's the investigative scientist on that show as well. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't even know if that's a History Channel show or not, but he does this type of shit. I guess he just gets these calls for this weird stuff and he goes I in. Guess. But these guys, they can't even come up with a process to do I, to do like, anything. I'm trying to figure out where in the hell they're trying to go with all this. And I like I couldn't stop laughing probably like the first 10 minutes. <laughs> the first 10 minutes. When they're up. trying to explain to this guy just everything that's going on. Yeah. It's pretty funny. And it's like, they're, it's like they're all trying to pretend that they have the secret to tell. And it's like, right. why would you not let the investigative guy that you're bringing in know everything about the ranch? <laughs> right. It's like, why can't we dig? Oh, we'll never tell type of a thing. You know what I mean? Who is the guy in the green shirt where he, he, was, he, he always had like the mysterious look on his face? Oh, I don't know any of these guys' names. The only <sighs> other guy I know on the show is uh, the head of security. Yeah, that guy's ridiculous. Dragon. Yeah, he's, yeah, they call him Dragon. And then they had another guy, too, that did security with him. Yeah. I wouldn't give either of those guys firearms. Probably not. But. Yeah, that's an interesting. I mean, you guys should check all of it out. You know, get different opinions on Skinwalker yeah, Ranch. Definitely. I don't think. I was watching the Skinwalker uh, Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch show mostly just for the little snippets of history that they do give. Because they do do pretty good history of the of the ranch right intermingled with mostly nonsense and like the one episode the scientist guy was like okay now what is what is step one of our plan and they couldn't really come up with a good <laughs> like a good he, he's, he was literally like so what am i doing here what what do i need to do here yes and that's a lot that's what the first few episodes are is him yeah. trying to figure out like what the hell to do 
And they, they, like, take him up in the helicopter, and they, like, show him the whole property. Yeah. And he's like, I'm just trying to figure out what the hell I'm doing here and what the hell I need to do here. Exactly. <laughs> now, real quick, before we wrap it up, what do you think is actually going on on Skinwalker Ranch? You know, it's, it's, it's hard to tell because there's not just one thing going on there. There's so many different things going on there. You got your cryptids. You got your ghosts. You got your UFOs. You got your, you know, you got your alien. I mean, I don't even know, man. It's got like, everything going on. It's got everything going on in one spot. Now, I was doing a little bit more research on this, and the NIDS team, National Institute for Discovery Sciences, they were having issues trying to, they were trying to come up with what is the cause of all of it. Because obviously we can look at all these different events and say, yeah, all the shit's going on. I mean, you can't really, it's all eyewitness testimony, but there's a lot of people have to be consistently lying for a very yes. long time or just consistently misinterpreting misinterpreting shit for a very long time. Mm-hmm. It's either one of the two if you don't want to say there's a different cause out there. So the NIDS team, they needed some help. So they brought in some of our favorite people. They brought in the remote viewers <laughs> to look at Skinwalker Ranch. And the general consensus from the remote viewers is that, now obviously it's remote viewing, so there is not really a general consensus, but the best sure. streamlined consensus is that most of the occurrences have something to do with a military operation. Three different remote viewers reported that they remote viewed a base underneath Skinwalker Ranch, a military installation. Mm. A couple of them came back and they were like, well, it's military, but it's also military alien, like a combination attack, basically, where they're doing different types of research. Uh, a lot of them reported seeing in different parts of the ranch, specifically the homestead number two, a lot of them reported seeing like a weird energy field when they were remote viewing. Like there's something weird going on that's creating weird energy. Well, there are accounts in multiple, I, w- I wouldn't say multiple, uh, Terry Sherman and then another guy that was part of the NIDS crew. I think his name was Eric Gardner. I think that was his name. Sure. I think his last name was Gardner. And he has actually seen a lot of different UFO shit in his life. Okay. And people around him... Uh, always said that they were true because you know they were witnesses to the same shit that he has seen too and there was one night on the skinwalker ranch where uh terry sherman always talked about these big orange like orb looking things that would show up in the sky and he would see like these portal things like in the middle of them he talks about that a couple times he he, him and his wife would see them all the time okay and this gardener guy actually took a night vision like binocular type thing and one night him and his other guy saw one and he said it was a portal and he saw this black figure that looked like a man climb yeah. out of this portal and then it disappeared and then the and then the portal just got smaller and went away maybe this area is just being used by aliens to like jump through dimensions or like fucking i don't know maybe there's maybe there's something to do with this particular area in magnetic fields or maybe it's just easier for aliens to jump through dimensions in this particular area i don't freaking know but there's a lot of a lot of weird ufo alien shit going on at skinwalker ranch yeah and that's another theory that i've heard too is that it's just like an, an interdimensional focal point yeah where our our understanding of reality kind of meets yeah. the interdimensional multiverse or whatever mm-hmm. and it's just like a contact point for lack of a better word is the Utenaw <laughs> basin right but you know it makes as much sense as 
everything else that we've talked about because none of this shit makes sense. None of it. And with the NIDS team especially, these are like fucking trained scientists. There are plenty of them. I mean, Colm Kelleher was part of it. Right. Plenty of them that went there and were like, this is completely beyond our understanding of everything that we know. And they're either never going to go back or they're completely baffled or they don't want to talk about it because it's so far out of left field. And it's not like they're just one or two guys. There's a lot of guys that were there that came away completely changed. Oh, yeah. As researchers. 100%. And we didn't even touch the surface with the stories that are documented and goes on in this place. Yeah, but that pretty much, I guess that kind of wraps up what we can add to this discussion. It's definitely something that we feel, I feel like we could talk about more. Definitely. We don't want to just keep hammering home all the same stories that everybody else hammers home. We kind of want to speculate and add our own little flavor to the discussion. But the Skinwalker Ranch, it is currently still owned by uh, that Brandon Fugle, 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 Mm -hmm. Brandon Fugle. So he owns it, and I think they're going to be doing more more of that History Channel documentary. I don't know what the hell those morons are actually going to find. Oh, my God. <laughs> but <laughs> it sounds like it's kind of taking a dive, like the quality is kind of taking a dive recently. Sure. But it's important to just keep the open mind going when it comes to this type of thing. And there is so much material. This was a topic that you were interested in. It is a rabbit hole of chaos. And we haven't even, like we said, we haven't even touched on what's out there. Right. So, anyways, that kind of wraps up our introduction, if you will, to Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, we could probably revisit this. Yeah, and I feel like we had to do it because we've mentioned it so many times and just really quick in different episodes. Right. I do think it's kind of weird that George Knapp is also kind of the guy that really put the story on the map, and he was also the guy that put Bob Lazar on the map. Right. And, of course, Jeremy Cormell did a documentary on both Skinwalker Ranch and Bob Lazar. <laughs> so there's kind of a tie into the type of thing that we've talked about previously. Right. I first heard about this place, and I first heard about it as Sherman Ranch on Coast to Coast AM a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And then I was researching Sherman Ranch, and then I realized that Sherman Ranch and Skywalker Ranch were the same thing. Right. But it was probably George Knapp on Coast to Coast AM talking about it when I first listened to it. But mm-hmm. it's been a point of interest for a while for me. So First I heard about it was when the last podcast on the left first came out. with I think theirs was like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Something like that. I remember I, telling you about last podcast, and that was one of the first ones I think you listened to. Yeah. Well, the, fir- the first one I listened to is Bonnie and Clyde, which yeah. is absolutely hilarious. That was a really funny series. Yeah. But, um, yeah, check out the various podcasts and the various shows that we just – talked about to learn more about skinwalker ranch and um the books we talked about too yep and please tweet us if you have any comments on skinwalker ranch please tweet us at 30 in the if any of these paranormal things are happening around your neck of the woods as well please let us know tweet us at 30 in the yeah like we said please tweet us uh ben's house is kind of a kind of the skinwalker ranch of our area at least right you never know what the hell is going to happen here never know what the hell is going to happen here uh again please tweet us please continue to comment on facebook we're doing our best to get back with people as much as we can Right. We're getting better at it, maybe. I don't know. Remember that day you sent me the news stories? Yeah. I made a post. It just didn't show up? I don't... I thought I posted it, but I must have not hit the post button. Then I closed it, and then it was... I don't know. I... I could have swore I posted it. I made a fucking post. We need a social media. It it, it never made it up. (laughs) We need a social media editor. But we'll we'll try that again this week. Yes. Thank you for listening. Uh, Please keep spreading the word. If you have any topics to recommend, please let us know. But it is really, it's time to get the fuck out of here. So Peace. Anyways. Did you happen to watch any of the game? Like, did you watch the highlights at all? I didn't watch much of it i had it on my phone i haven't watched any highlights but i did when i was at work i did remote view it <laughs> how so did that work out? that's where i got most of my context from and nice you know i saw what i saw it was clearly at least in terms of my remote viewing you have to bear in mind number one the browns were out of it 
they are playoff or bust right now. They don't care about moral victories. They don't care about Ben Roethlisberger, the fucking rapist. They don't give a shit about him. Right. They don't care about the Steelers. They don't care about it. For them being out of the playoffs at that point, it was 100% an evaluation game. That's all it was. Who were they evaluating? And what was crazy is the metal thing after, because this was, when when this happened, Bigelow and his team were there. And they brought out these... Corral. Yes. The corral, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) But the metal became magnetized all of a sudden. And then it loses, and it loses, and and then it lost its magnification. Sure. After they got the bulls out. And, you know, just weird shit always happens with magnification. Not magnification. Magnetic. Magnet. Magneta. Not magnification. Magnetic fields. Magnetic. I don't know. The defenders, (laughs) the presidents, (laughs) the red hawks, the red hogs, and the sentinels. So those are the options. Well, the Sentinels are racist, too. That's no, a race. No, they're not. That's Seminoles. Oh. <laughs> God. <laughs> it's late. Anyways, so those I, are the options. I think it's going to be the Admirals. We are going to be talking about the mysterious place in Utah known as Skinwalker Ranch. Skinwalker Hidden Valley Ranch. <laughs> You know, I was getting ready to go, and then he just completely killed everything. Yes, yeah, Skinwalker Ranch. Skinwalker Ranch. See, I'm, that's going to be in my head. Every time Every time I see a Skinwalker Ranch, I'm going to think of Skinwalker Hidden Valley Ranch. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, Skinwalker Ranch. What do you have about Skinwalker Ranch? Why are we even talking about this place? Well, as our listeners probably know, we're into aliens. Yes, we are. And a lot of... Probably say there's some alien shit going on here at Skin at Scott at Skinwalker <laughs> Ranch. Skin Valley Ranch. <laughs> oh my gosh. 